I'm not uh, Catholic because of a pope, or I'm not Catholic because of a bishop or a priest. I'm not Catholic because I just uh, love every Catholic teaching. I'm Catholic because I believe it's true, uh, whether I like it or not, whether uh, a pope or a bishop or a priest is holy or unholy. I've come to believe through prayer and research and God's grace that this faith is true. And what we celebrate today is one of our kind of core tenets, uh, this feast of the body and blood. Now last week, I think, was last week Trinity? Yeah, okay. Last week was Trinity. Uh, that's the one our catechism identifies as the central mystery of our faith. When we look at the Eucharist today, the church identifies it as the font and summit, right? The thing that waters the whole garden and the highest point of our faith. Uh, what is the Eucharist? Now, a lot of this is going to be review. Uh, you'll have heard uh, parts of this before. Uh, I don't care. Uh, we can't hear it enough, right? Uh, plus, uh, this is why they pay me the big bucks. Yeah, When they uh, did a poll, and I never know what to think of statistics. You know the great Winston Churchill quote about that, right? Uh, and also there's the fact that, I don't know if you know this, 82% of statistics are made up right on the spot. Yeah. Thank you. Supposedly, a lot of Catholics don't believe in the Eucharist or don't understand it. Supposedly, a vast majority. I don't know if that's true. I really don't. But we're about to find out. Yeah? At least in Grand Blank. When you uh, look at pre-Christian philosophy, you've got three monster home run hitters, right? Plato, Socrates, and Aristotle, there was also a guy named Bob, but I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> One of the things that Plato gave us is this wonderful way of looking at humans and at things, and remembering that all of them have two primary components, okay? There's substance and form. So for you and me, our form is what people can see, right? When you look at me, uh, and you see me, uh, I know we, we call this the money maker, right? Uh, but you see my, that was funny, you see my face, you see my complete lack of hair, my abundance of belly. Uh, you see physical traits and characteristics. Those are the form of a person, and we can see them. But what you and I intuitively know is that you are not just physical. There is an invisible quality to every person and everything that exists. There's this invisible part of you that actually defines you. It's your personality, your conscience. It's this invisible quality we all have. Excuse uh, how this may sound, when a person dies, most of the time all the parts are still there that one can see. But it is the invisible that has left. Uh, we are form and substance. Form the exterior that you can see, substance the invisible you can't see. And that's true of us and that's true of everything. 
And when we talk about the Eucharist, what is that? Well, it's that God, because he is insanely generous, takes something, bread in this case, and the form stays the same. It looks the same now as it will when you receive it in just a few moments. It looks the exact same. The form's the same. But the substance, God has replaced with himself. That when you and I come forward and receive the Eucharist, we are receiving God in the form of bread. And it is one of the most incredible things to me, anyone can believe. I know I haven't quoted Dr. Kraft in seven days, so here we are. Uh, Dr. Peter Kraft traveled all through the Middle East, wrote a book about it. And he was trying to meet with different Muslim leaders to figure out what can we work together on. And this was a point where ISIS was completely obliterating the Christian presence in the Middle East. So what he found was he met with one of the leaders named Isa. He was a, a Muslim cleric, a, a mullah uh, they're called, or an imam in Arabic. And when they started talking, he found out this guy was educated in a Catholic school. He was raised a Muslim, but his mom and dad sent him to a Catholic school because the morals kind of line up, yeah? And as he talked to this guy, what he found out was this guy kept saying to Dr. Kraft, you don't believe in the Eucharist. And he was like, I'm head of a philosophy department at a Catholic school, right? Catholic university, an, uh, an actual Catholic university. I've traveled to and worked with different popes and theologians. I believe in the Eucharist. And Isa was kind of insistent. He was like, I don't think any of you actually believe that. And then he said this great line I've never forgotten. It's in a great book called Jesus Jihad. He says, I think if you believed what you say you believe, I think if I believed what you say you believe, I would die of love. I will fall on my knees and never be able to stand if I believed God would do that for me. But that's what we believe. That God is going to transform bread into his flesh and then give it to us. How? Yeah, no clue. Yeah, uh, I'm not God. I applied for the job. He said no. But I would like us to take a moment and see how we kind of built into our church a reminder of what God is doing here. That in a few minutes, we're going to sing, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. We didn't make up those words. They come to us from scripture when God kind of cracked open heaven for John, said, this is what it's like. And John got a glimpse of it. And what John found is that the angels in heaven are just staring at God. And they're so smitten and blown away by just looking at God that all they can do is cry out, holy, 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 which in Latin is sanctus, sanctus, sanctus. It's right here on our stairs. Because when they sing the song of the angels, when you and I sing the song that they're singing right now in heaven, we are entering heaven with God as best we can. We are entering heaven because God is going to take us outside of time. 
and we are going to participate in the Last Supper. We're not going to reenact it. We're not going to remember it. We are going to be present when Jesus transubstantiated bread into himself. Not transformed, because then it would look different. He's going to change the invisible quality of that bread. Now, it only happens once. There is only one Eucharist. But God pulls us up into heaven and takes us outside of time so that we can all participate in it. We're going to receive the only Eucharist that exists, the one St. Peter received, the one your mom and dad received, God willing, the one Mother Teresa and St. John Paul II received, the one my favorite priest, St. John Vianney received. Every Catholic you know and loved who's now with the Lord, you're receiving the exact same Eucharist they are. There's only one. And we enter heaven, step outside of time, and we arrive at the Last Supper. Now you might hear that and say, well, that sounds crazy. And you're right. Love genuinely appears to be crazy. And when Jesus was at his peak, he had 5,000 followers. You remember this? Because it was in our gospel just today, not this part. But where did he drop down from 5,000 to 12? And not just 12, but frankly, the 12 you and I would not have picked. Yeah. It's not like they were home run hitters, guys. When did he go from insanely popular to just being called crazy? When he described what I just described to you. When he said, you have to eat my flesh. He literally uses the word in Greek, I need you to grind your teeth into my flesh. They were horrified. And we should be too. Because this is love, and love is a little bit crazy. But God's in love with you. And that's why he gives us this gift. Because we take him in, and God is inside of us now in a special way. And he's feeding two things. He's feeding our body, he's feeding our form, and our substance. He's strengthening our soul. If you're a fan of the Lord of the Rings books, and Jesus wants you to be, it's in the Bible, don't look it up. You may remember that J.R. Tolkien wrote about Lambus bread, right? That this bread, you could eat a little bit, and it fortified your ability to do the right thing. It gave you a kind of supernatural moral strength. Well, Tolkien flat out, when he was writing his nephew, he said, that's the Eucharist. That's the Eucharist. Everything is present to us. Everything beautiful in the universe is present to us in the Eucharist. And he does it out of love. He wants to be one with you more than you want anything in the universe. So what's our response to such insane, generous love? Well, there's a lot of them, but I picked three, okay? First, reverence. Reverence comes to us from, uh, you just keep taking it backward and you end up at the Latin word for awareness. That when we come here and we get up to, when we get up to here to receive Jesus, one of the words we should have in our little brains is reverence. 
awareness, what is about to be placed in my hand or in my mouth is the most sacred thing possible. Reverence is an awareness and a sense of awe. You're loved this much. You're loved this much. And again, how does he do it? I don't know. I can't. Reverence also and joy. Because one of the things I've noticed we can get stuck on is we think reverence means anger or something. Gravitas. Reverence that doesn't lead to joy is not reverence. I don't know what it is. Joy at the fact that God's this crazy about you. You know, oh, I'm not worthy. No, you're not. I checked, yeah? I'm not. But we don't make that call. He makes that call. And he says you're worthy of his blood and breath. All of it. And he wants you, if you're in a proper state, to receive him. He wants you to be joyful about this. That that awareness should lead to joy. If it leads to us looking at other people and going, what are they doing going to communion? Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. A, you don't know what you don't know. B, and I checked with the Lord, it's none of your business. Yeah? I have a hard enough time controlling this train wreck. I can't control you. And if I ever succeed at controlling you, then I'm going to have to become pretty manipulative to do so. And I don't want to do that. Keep track of this right here. Let others worry about themselves and focus on reverence and joy. And then third, well, we should imitate him. Because now we got the strength. As you consume him, he becomes a part of you. He becomes a part of your heartbeat and the blood flowing through your veins. He becomes a part of you. And when we understand that, then we'll light the world on fire because we'll be absolutely fearless. Well, people won't like it when I tell them this thing. Um, God does. And it turns out that love is a lot better than human love. It will make us brave. It will make us more loving. It will make us more selfless. It'll make us a little worried, less worried, about whether everybody else is getting it right and a little more worried about us getting it right. I want to be like Jesus. I do. I'm a sinner. I'm a broken man. And these hands should never be allowed to touch the Eucharist. These hands have done violence. But our Lord decided, I want you to hold me and I want you to give me away. And he decided that for you too. So today I pray Jesus fills us with reverence, with joy, and with a hunger to imitate him. Because in the end, we have everything we need to be a saint. The only reason we aren't is because we're not convinced, but because we're afraid. Don't be afraid. Receive him. Let him become a part of your body and soul.
be Christ to the world. Amen? Okay.